go, and hopefully everything works like it's supposed to. Well, this cursed year uh, is over today. Not yet. There's still time. <laughs> There's still time There's for it to <laughs> ruin us. Still time to ruin it again. Welcome to Hysterical History. <laughs> I'm Alexis. I'm Haley. And this is our podcast. It's mostly comedy and some history. But, man, has it been neither. <laughs> it's been a bad year for all of it. Yeah. And we took, like, a month off to just that was only, decompress. That was only a month? Yeah. Oh. It feels like it was a week and also a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, it, you know what's weird is that throughout most of this year, we made episodes consistently. <laughs> and I don't remember that happening. I don't remember any Which of is it. wild. <laughs> I remember talking about whales yeah. at one point. That was, like, the last thing we did. Um. I have no idea what we did in January. That that may as <laughs> no. well be a different decade. That's a different universe, different versions of ourselves. Oh, my gosh. Um, today we're recording an episode that we already recorded, but I have been having terrible luck with my episodes of uh, them disappearing. Yeah. Because I had one episode that we recorded, and then my whole computer exploded and wouldn't work. And then when I got it fixed, they gave it back to me, and the only way to log into it was to wipe the entire hard drive, which the only reason I got it fixed was because I wanted that episode and a couple other things. So... Yay. <laughs> and then and then we recorded a different episode that I had and somehow GarageBand was on the wrong microphone for like the first 30 minutes. So we still could do that. We just have to re-record that section, but very frustrating cuz then mm-hmm. I was just like, ugh, is this another thing I have to do and I already feel so stressed out about it, uh which is also part of why we took a break. And then this one we recorded a few days ago. 2020 took one more victim. (laughs) One more episode from us. Um, We recorded this a few days ago, and it said it was recording the entire time. And then when I went back to it, it was like, oh, we recorded four whole minutes for you at the beginning. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, like an hour so later. Oh, cool. It was such a good episode. We were like fresh. <laughs> we were so ready. Good. But this one still will hopefully be good. Uh, <laughs> but in case it sounds like Kaylee's heard this before, she has. Yeah. Whether or not she remembers all the things, I don't know. But we'll see. Probably she'll be like, I remember something. And it'll be like, you'll be like why does she remember? This is why. All I can think about is cheese wheels, and that's not right. It's not right, so that's good. <laughs> uh, but today we're going to talk about election stuff. Oh, God. But not presidential election stuff. We're oh. going to talk about alternative election history stuff. Bold of you. Uh, now that it's over, <laughs> I was like, I feel like I can maybe talk about stuff that's funny that happened around this time. Now that it's over. You know, it. It. The, the election. By Stephen King. <laughs> yeah. Now that the book It is over, <laughs> we can talk about things. This first one I found, this is kind of like a, an amalgamation of just random election history in America sure. that is mildly related to this year. And uh, I found some stuff on Atlas Obscura, which is the bestest website. But this specific one I'm starting with first, I found because I was just looking at random things about Connecticut, you know, because I was like, maybe, I don't know. Why would you do that? I did that one about Colorado of the scary, and I was like, maybe Connecticut's funny. Why don't you start with Alabama? I don't know. Oh, like alphabetical? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Or reverse? It just... Felt like maybe Connecticut's fun. I think it got something from Connecticut. What? (laughs) Maybe Connecticut is fun. I got something recommended to me from Connecticut, I think, from Atlas Obscura. So then I was like, oh, let's just look at the whole state. 
I don't and, think uh, anyone's ever had fun in Connecticut. <laughs> Definitely not. Benedict Arnold, who's from <laughs> Connecticut. Um, those nutmeggers really know how those to jam. Nutmeggers. <laughs> one of my, uh, I'm in a D&D uh, group that's all ladies from across the country, and one of them's from Connecticut, and she, and she told me that uh, they are real bougie about their nutmeg, and they're real, sn- like, snooty about it. <laughs> and I'm like, that's so weird. <laughs> about nutmeg? Nutmeg. But, like, you, you don't eat it straight. No. But they think they have the best nutmeg, and they're probably right. They name themselves after it, so I have to assume... <sighs> I don't know, man. It's like when Idaho people are happy about potatoes. And I'm like, we have more potatoes than you do. So deal with it. Like, <laughs> how could, how good could they be? How good could they be? Uh, but the article I read on Alice Obscura is called Hartford Election Cake. Spoiler alert, it's about cake. And I also read one by Stephen Schmidt. Oh, that was by Anna. Eubank, and then I read this one by Stephen Schmidt, From Cake to Curiosity on the Trail of the Hartford Election Cake. Wow. It was a whole thing. It was, like, published. It was published. Because it was, like, in, like, a local newspaper or something. Uh-huh. And, like, uh, it was, like, I had to read, like, PDF of this wow. paper, and I had to scroll up and down because they did it in the worst way possible. <laughs> this is my dissertation. <laughs> on Hartford Election For my cake. doctorate in election sciences. <laughs> my doctorate in the history of cake. Of cake. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, when we vote now... Um, people get stickers, except for not in Washington. We don't get stickers. It's the one miscarriage of justice in people, Washington State. <laughs> the one thing that mail-in ballots don't have is you don't get the sticker. You don't get the sticker. Oh, at least we don't. I don't know if other states do. It's true. Um, but we do not. They should put one inside. Yeah. It'll entice people to open the envelope. Right. And then even if they lie, it's like, who cares? At least they yeah. opened it. Right. And Washington so desperately wants you to vote. Like, I know other states have problems with voter suppression. Washington's like the exact opposite, where they're like, we sent it to everyone's house. If you don't have a house, we'll send it where you want us to send it. They've pre-registered teenagers to vote. We have automatic voter registration when you get your driver's license now. You have to opt out of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, They really want it to happen. And we still don't vote, like, a ton. Yeah. (laughs) I think compared. They send you a pamphlet that was like, here's all the things you're voting for. Here's a little blurb about it. You don't even have to look it up. Remember. And it's like, I had to read this thing and then, like, circle, put it in, like, bubbles. It's terrible. (laughs) I have to briefly (laughs) lift my hand and fill in a tiny bubble. They used to have, like, a rule about, like, color pen you use and then they just gave that up they were like just kidding any you want so one time i voted in purple it's fun oh there you go and whatever um but so they really want you to do it uh and i just think about like how easy they're making it compared to how hard it was to do in like this time that we're talking about with hartford election cake which is uh starts in like the 1660s and goes basically they have this cake until like the 1790s there's like one place in the state probably where you can vote Mm -hmm. and it's really spread out oh and there's no (laughs) easy way to travel yeah i just remembered the joke that i didn't do because i was afraid you'd have to cut it out oh nice. once again i have remembered (laughs) and now i will not mention yeah starts with an a don't make me edit But uh, they have to come from all over the state to this one place. Usually it was a tavern in the past because mm-hmm. they want you to vote. They know where you're going to go. The tavern. There's nowhere else to go. There's, that's the only building. They, <laughs> I mean, they might not have a town hall. They don't, have a, they don't have a library. They yep. don't have any. That's like you just go over to Starbucks, mm-hmm. you know. 
And it's so, a community <laughs> gathering place. Yes, where where all the people will already be. Mm-hmm. And so that's where you'd go. There's nothing else to do. But to inspire you to come and do your civic duty, they would bake this enormous cake uh, to be like, well, if you vote, then you get some cake. Let them eat cake. Yeah. Let the voters eat cake. Let them eat cake. If that was the line, that would be much better. <laughs> All 20 of the white land-owning males. All of them. <laughs> who will follow our religion. <laughs> who are allowed to vote. Who live here. All 12 of them. And you might be like, why is it Hartford specifically? And I was like, I don't know. Probably they just made the cake. But no, the answer is because in the 1600s, they were just given the ability to vote for their governor because they asked the crown real nicely. They said, oh, please, could we vote? And they said, I guess. Since when has asking nicely ever worked? <laughs> for the king? For King George? I don't know if he was king. He probably wasn't. What year was it? I don't know, 1660? So no, definitely not. But apparently— uh, That would make sense about why he was so nuts when he was older. He's like 100 years he's old. He's a million years old. But, yeah, they just asked nicely, and apparently that worked. He must have had a soft spot for those nutmeggers. He loves nutmeg, and he will let them Maybe there's something it. behind it. I'm pretty sure Canada even begged to still be in—and they're like, no, you need to go live in your own house now. Definitely they begged to—like, French Canada begged to be France again, and they were like, absolutely not. We, we didn't want you in the first place. We've never wanted The to. only reason the French ever <laughs> so colonized sad. is because other people started and we had to keep up. We uh, didn't ever really want any so of this. So sad. Uh, but yeah, in 1660, they were just given the ability to vote for their governor. So they've been voting for a long time. <laughs> oh, that's something people want? Oh. Sure. Sure, whatever. Why, why not? I mean, honestly, one less thing you have to do as king mm-hmm. uh, to, like— Put somebody there. They're like, just pick between yourselves, whatever. Uh, but, you know, give us a one vote and we'll take the whole country. So, big mistake. This is your own fault. They did it. It's their fault. Yeah. You it's shouldn't have let us vote for anything. Mm-hmm. Give us any semblance of control. No. Mm, mistake. That was a mistake. Uh, unlike a modern cake, the election cake is leavened with yeast. So it's really more like sweet bread. Like it's a bread. Yeah. But they used to do that a lot with cakes in the way back because that was just the easiest leavening agent. They didn't know what cake was. They didn't know about baking soda. (laughs) They didn't know about cakes yet. Nope. So they were just like, what if we just make bread with sugar cake? Sure. Close enough. No. (laughs) Uh, And it's a direct descendant, because they're related, I guess, of the English great cake. Which is usually eaten during the holidays. The great cake. And this makes sense because it's usually eaten presumably for English holidays, which are mostly religious. Mm -hmm. And Puritans hate religious holidays. They hate them so much. They are too pure for your pagan-turned-Christian holidays. They hate that you did that. Like, if you want to talk about people who are waging a war on Christmas, it's Puritans. <laughs> it's the Puritans. It's my the dude. Puritans. <laughs> I was looking at this, and I Googled, like, do Puritans still exist? Because, like, <laughs> Fair, I feel yeah. like they don't. Uh-huh. Because just, like, and if they did, that they're, like, I don't know, like, Amish-like, where there's, like, a small sector of people that sure. are kind of off on the fringe. Yeah. But, like, they wouldn't be here, so mm-hmm. I'd have no idea. They wouldn't show their face in the well, light of day. They wouldn't show up in Washington, I mean. Yeah. they probably want to stay over there in Connecticut. Uh, so I was like, do they still exist? And basically, the only thing that came up was, like, Reddit. And people were like, people with their views still exist. And I'm like, I mean, does the ch- organized yeah. Church of Puritans sure. still exist? 
Uh, doesn't seem to, probably. Apparently, they changed, They had a split at some point, a schism, where they changed names. So mm-hmm. those churches still exist, but I don't think with the same intense veracity sure. of, like, actual Puritans. They stained all of American culture with their <laughs> thoughts and ideas, and then they just kind of... Disappeared. Disappeared. So, yeah, Puritans <clears throat> hate... Christian holidays because that's the most Christianly pure thing you can do. One of the one of the reasons why the English kicked them out. Yeah. Like you're they're, so weird and not fun. They're the people who like trace the problem back to like, well, if I was never born, <laughs> you know, or like and then they still go back farther. Agreed. And it's like <laughs> This isn't true. This The solution to your problem of I had a fight with my friend is not, well, if I wasn't born, thanks, parents, uh-huh. this would never have happened. <laughs> it's not, the, not a good way to do it. But that's what they do. And so they're like, we still want to celebrate stuff, but we just don't want to celebrate all the regular Christmas and uh, Puritan, or not Puritan, but Christian holidays because they've been they're inf- all pagan. Oh, they've been infected Ugh, by and they, fun. Which is weird because really... They used to be pagan, and then the Christians stole them, and then turned them into. It'd be, it'd be like it would make sense if it was the other way, mm-hmm. where it was like it was a Christian holiday, and then pagans took it. Right. But all of them are the other. Like all of them were stolen yeah. by Christians. They're they're mad that Christianity appropriated dirty cultures. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. like, and now it's sullied the whole thing. Mm. Gross. So they yeah. celebrate secular holidays, which seems very strange seems for a backwards. Yeah. <laughs> Does for a Christian uh, religion to do, so they celebrate Election Day. Very American of them. That's so boring. Even America God. doesn't celebrate Election Day. Yeah, it makes me. It's not even a holiday. It makes me tired just to listen to it. Also, Commencement Day, Ugh. which used to be just for Harvard, but then they extended it to Yale Ugh. and other places. Gross. So they're celebrating people going to college, I guess, which is like, okay. Training day, which is for the colonial militia. Sure. When they train. Mm-hmm. And Thanksgiving. So their their holidays are very American. <laughs> they're about Harvard, elections, the militia, and Thanksgiving. What did I say about them infecting America? They are America right now. Uh, <laughs> infected. Uh, so really, our revolution is like not only the fault of uh, you know giving us the vote in Connecticut in the first place, but also probably Puritans. Yes, because they are so patriotic <laughs> in like weird, scary ways. In a way that is upsetting to many. Because then they'll get like mad at themselves and start burning people, and yeah, etc. No thanks. Get them out. You don't want get them out of here. Oh, they scary when they're mad. And like I said, people would have to travel from far distances in rural areas to come here and vote. Especially right. because if you own land in a lot of these states, especially really early, you probably have a farm, so you're probably way out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And then you got to travel for like a week for some people on the back of your donkey just to vote. Just a vote. And I mean, hopefully you can like coincide that with like you'll bring in, um, you know, crops or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So that you don't have to make that trip too. Uh, But still, it's like pretty arduous and you don't decide the date, right? They just say this is the day you have to come vote. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sure a lot of them don't do it. But in order to entice them, they make the cake. It's what you got. That's the only reason why conferences exist still. (laughs) Yeah. Is that you got to give them free you snacks give them free and booze. Food and they'll come. You 
gotta give them free booze, especially. Yeah. Remember, I remember when we were in college, like, we were just, like, very hungry college students. Oh, that yeah. That they'd be like, come to business club, and we'd be like, ew, and then they'd be like, we're gonna have free pizza, and we're like, I'd love to be in business club. <laughs> I'd love to. <laughs> I have no interest in business, but I'm very interested in pizza, so mm. I will be there. I'll do it. <laughs> and if you wait long enough, at the end of it, they'll have extra pizza, probably, and they'll be like, anybody want to take this? And you'll be right. like, oh, I'll take that for oh, you. I suppose. Suppose I will. <laughs> and then you have pizza. College hack. Mm-hmm. I have a quote that says, Many spent the morning at service in a meeting house where they heard a lengthy election day sermon. Mm. So before you vote, you get to go hear about how Jesus uh, loves elections. I hate it. Which is weird. Because uh, it's like, does he? I, I don't know. I assume so, but... Like, I don't think there's anything expressly in the Bible that's like, you should vote. <laughs> because, you yeah. know, they weren't really doing it. They weren't really doing that. No. They had, like, Which, Roman uh, dictators, you know. So. Yeah, you can tell they didn't do it because <laughs> uh, how the story ends. Yeah. Where he's like, I think people should make choices and that I'm pretty cool. And the Roman emperor is like, nope, I'm the only cool one. You get to die. I have a headache today, and so you're going to die. So bye-bye. Okay. Fine. Great. Uh, I have another quote that says, In 1704, a Massachusetts woman named Sarah Kemble Knight, passing through Connecticut during election week in October, wrote in her diary, Their chief red-letter day is Saint Election, which is actually observed according to charter to choose their governor, a blessing they can never be thankful enough for, as they will find if ever it be their hard fortune to lose it. It's so... Like, who ever thought it was a good idea <laughs> to let them have choice? Yeah. The nutmeggers? It's in their charter. Specifically? They, and they love it, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, great. Already in 1704. And they're just going to go blabbing about it to their neighbors, being like, it's so great when you can choose things. Yeah. And they're going to want to do and it. And then everyone's going to get in a hissy. And everyone's going to get a hissy if they can't choose. And then Revolution. That's what happens. Little fit. But yeah, she's from Massachusetts, and she's like, how quaint that they vote for their governor. (laughs) Oh, it's so cute. I bet they love it. Those weird little nutmeggers. They're treating it like he's a saint. They think, oh, it's so weird and (laughs) scary. I also love that the outsider perspective for Connecticut is Massachusetts. Like, they're not right next to each other. (laughs) I know, us on the West Coast, we're like, you're all the same. It's one big state just broken into tiny pieces. You're all the same. It's like, I saw this map that was like, counties mm-hmm. across the country because it was like a elect- like election map by county. Sure. And it is amazing to me how many tiny counties there are in small states. Well. Or even bigger states and they're just like the tiniest little chunkies. Well, when your state is small, what other size would your county be? <laughs> True, I guess. But I mean like in Connecticut, I'd be like, you could probably have like four counties and that'd be the whole state. Mm-hmm. Sure. And then it wouldn't be that small. But they'll have, like, I don't know how many Connecticut has. But some states are small, and they'll have, like, 15 counties. And I'm like, that's wild. Well, I think, I don't know. Does Washington have 15 counties? I don't know. Ours are big. I mean, the more counties, the more elections you can have. It's true. And they love elections. <laughs> and ours are, like, because we're so far over here and we did it so late, ours are, like, in kind of almost square pieces, mm-hmm. <laughs> whereas theirs are all, like, weird round pieces right. that all intertwine. It's very strange to look They're at. They're shaped around <laughs> natural rivers and, like, whose farm was this Yeah, place? and, like, we need a, town, a county for just this town, I guess. And it's like, I don't think you do. No one else wanted that. Okay. <laughs> it's just strange to look at, like, that difference between, like, oh, you look like Nevada, and it's just, like, a giant chunk. <laughs> anyway. 
Uh, the oldest recipe for this cake is from 1796, published by Amelia Simmons, that mm-hmm. we still have. Um, and hers is a big-ass cake. Uh, <laughs> a big-ass, thick, thick-ass cake. You know, cake by the ocean cake. It's it's a booty and a half. Oh. Um, Simmons' recipe calls for 30 quarts of flour. Oh, my God. Quarts. What? We don't use quarts except for milk. <laughs> and 30 of them. Uh, 10 pounds of butter. That's like a whole new cow. 14 pounds of sugar. 12 pounds of raisins. What? A dozen eggs. Which, if you watch Try Guys, one time they used a dozen eggs for one cake, and it was disgusting. <laughs> but it's because their cake was, like, normal size. It's more like an omelet And you're only a normal-sized cake, you only use, like, two eggs. Yeah. Uh, this one has 12 eggs. And uh, copious amounts of wine, mm. brandy, spices, probably nutmeg, and fruit. <laughs> and fruit. So unfortunately, they're giving you this cake, but it's like a boo- like boozy uh, fruit cake. Oh, that bakes off. Yeah. Don't worry about <laughs> so it. So don't worry. It's just fruit cake. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> yeah, like it doesn't bake off when it's – it doesn't bake off. It cooks off. Like but if you put it in baked goods, they're still kind of boozy. But isn't a cake a baked good? No, I'm saying that it cooks off. It doesn't bake out. So if you put it in, like, this is what I learned recently. If you put it, like, in the batter or stuff, it stays in. But if you use it to cook on, like, the stove, it'll go away. Cool. So, no, this probably still had alcohol content. I mean, why else would you eat it? Yeah, less than if you just drank it, obviously. But it definitely still tastes like booze. They also use a quart of liquid yeast for the leavening. Mm. A whole quart. Mm. Liquid yeast. I'm like, fascinating. Mm. Because yeast now is like little packets we get. Uh, The finished cake would weigh more than 70 pounds. Oh, my God. Giant cake. Uh, Giant cake. Big, fat cake. How did they bake it? Uh, it? I think they bake it on the, like, oven floor is what they say. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) Just straight up. Oomst. Oomst. What oven was big enough? It gets baked in, like, taverns, so I'm assuming they have, like, larger kind of more brick ovens Mm. um, because they're probably cooking, like, a lot of stuff, like, for the day, you know? (laughs) Big I'm, old pies and stuff. I'm imagining them using those flat wooden things like they have in the some pizza. pizza. Yeah. Uh, but a really big one. But when they get it out, it just snaps the handle. <laughs> it just breaks it because it's 70 pounds. <laughs> in America, we love giant food. I think people think that's new. It's not. It's not. We got those big wheels of cheese, and now we got this big old cake before it's even technically America. That's not on America. That's... You can't blame America for that. We just like, it's easier if you just make a giant one, <laughs> I guess. It's for all the men folk who are voting. Yeah, it says it's baked directly on the oven floor, not in a pan. Just mm. put it on the oven. What pan would be big enough? <laughs> and it's about a yard in diameter and oh a my. foot high. Oh, my God. Big old cake. Oh. <laughs> Saint cake. We love Saint Election and his giant cake. And his giant, thick, his, juicy cake. What is he the patron saint of? Cake. Being thick. Elections. Mm, tick. <laughs> uh, raisins. <laughs> raisins. <laughs> you know, saints are like, the, uh, you know, the patron saint of like the weirdest thing possible. <laughs> like radar. Radar. Oh, like, oh, that's new. How would they? How oh, would he know? Okay. I mean, <laughs> sure. There's a lot of booze in there. Who knows? I have a quote that says, we can consider the publication of Simmons' election cake a watershed in the history of cake. Oh, that's maybe. <laughs> Is it because you dropped it oh, in a pool no. and it just, like, all flowed out? Yeah. 
It's a ma- it's it's a, such an important moment in the history of cake. Is it? I don't know. Would we call that's it? That's what this man said. What steps did it take? That's what Stephen said. It wasn't like the cake that went to the moon. It's true. What is it done? That's a moon cake. <laughs> that's a moon cake, idiot. I was another quote that says, white women of relative privilege would have been the most likely to buy and read Simmons' book and others like it throughout the 19th century. Uh, but it is safe to assume that at least in some places, enslaved women or indentured servants would have performed some of the labor required for preparing the cake. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah, of course. Uh, indentured servitude was a big thing in early America. Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely like in the a, later a side, time it would have been, yeah. like, enslaved people. But, yeah, earlier, the, the old slaves were indentured servants. Right. <laughs> Only really fancy people can afford slaves. The other people just indentured servants. Yeah. So, yay. Uh, it also, at some point in that same article, was like, this is a way women could participate in the election. I'm like, yeah, we'll go to the kitchen and bake you some cake. Yeah. Because you'll be so tired from voting. You know what women want? Not the vote. They want to get back into that kitchen. And bake you a cake. Bake you food. Uh, Connecticut's Election Day celebration in 1771 featured a behemoth of a cake. That the whole materials for the cake cost three whole pounds at the time, <laughs> which I looked up last yeah. time. I can't remember what it was, but I think it was like 50 bucks or something for just a cake. Yeah. When everything is so cheap. <laughs> I'm like, that's a lot of money for one cake. For one cake. For one singular cake. But yeast cakes and election parties started going out of style in the 19th century because they were like, why would we put yeast in it? We have baking powder. <laughs> right. It tastes weird. And also, uh, elections are so normal at that point that I think it's not so much of like a celebration. People are closer together because it's like Victorian era. Mm-hmm. And uh, they'd rather do other stuff. We have like mail lines now. Yeah. So now it's like... Eh. Mm. You can find recipes, though, of, like, you, you can look up that original recipe, but you'd have to reduce all of the amounts of things. <laughs> no. Do Probably. It, do it original. Do the big boy or go home. Or go home. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's also some that I think have already done that for you if you want to do those ones. Mm-hmm. I would, like, I want to make it only for, like, the historical content and really? to taste it because it's, like, I'm curious about that. Mm-hmm. But I know I won't like it because mm-hmm. it's, like spicy raisin cake and it just doesn't sound very good if we could reduce it down to like a single cupcake (laughs) but have all the intense flavor of all the spice from a giant one Mm -hmm. so that it's just dry just like you did the cinnamon challenge (laughs) perfect just just eat one nutmeg yeah (laughs) perfect you did it we should try though i'd like to do it maybe next election in i guess we have them frequently but uh two years maybe for like a bigger one yeah. Anyway, now we're going to talk about something the Victorian era loves, which is not yeasty cake, but is cooping. Oh. Voter fraud. Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> you don't remember what we talked about. So probably people have heard a lot about voter fraud recently, you know, because of reasons. Voter fraud. Voter fraud. People have been talking about it, whether or not it exists really that much and how much it does. Right. It's like I've heard a lot about zombies. but Sure. Unicorns. Is the threat of zombies (laughs) actually very dire? I'm not sure. And if you want to know, you can go to this website by the Heritage Foundation, which is self-described as an organization whose mission is to formulate the promotion of conservative public policies based on the principles of free enterprise, limited government, individual freedom, tradition of American values, and a strong national defense. Seems like 
more intrusive somehow. <laughs> but they keep data about actual prosecutions and other things to do with voter fraud. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you will look at it and can – I love interactive maps, so it was fun for me to look at. And you will be amazed at how little there is <laughs> over much time. Yeah. It doesn't have this year, obviously. Because just like the past, people don't – like voting that much? Yeah, not enough to do it multiple times when they're not supposed to usually. Yeah. That's so much effort, you mm-hmm. know? That's like, really? Much more common is people stopping other people from voting. Yes, which is technically not voter fraud. Mm-hmm. Voter suppression. There it is. Uh, in case you're curious about those things for Washington, I looked at them, and our last voter fraud case was in 2010. Oh. Which is surprising to me. That I was like, really? Nothing uh, more recent because we have elections every year. Uh, But no. And uh, unless you count our faithless electors from uh, 2016, no voter fraud since 2010 here. So thanks for that, babe. Uh, But those guys, uh, we had to go to Supreme Court about that. So they can't do it anymore. About what? Our faithless electors from 2016 in Washington. What's What happened? Oh, uh, just a few of our electors, instead of voting for Hillary Clinton, voted for Colin Powell or like... uh, some Native American leader here instead of, like, what we told them to do. This is why we shouldn't have mm-hmm. um, yeah. that electoral college. That layer. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Like, why? And so uh, they went to Supreme Court this year, and they were like, you can't do that, or it's a crime. So don't. But then, like, if you're just going to do what you're told, why do we bother voting? Yeah. I mean, our. I mean, if we're going to do the electoral college, like, vote system, it just, we shouldn't have the people do it. It right. should just be like, well, there's our, our votes count this many electoral college votes, and now we're done. Mm-hmm. Why do we have to have people who could mess it up? I don't trust people. Anyway, <laughs> that you, the democracy is not going to be very good for you. No, no. So, yeah, we had one case in 2010. We had one case in 2009. Uh, and our biggest year of voter fraud in Washington was like, 2007. Oh. Yeah, that momentous year. Right, <laughs> where we had four whole cases, all of which were false registration. Mm. And the Heritage Database has identified 109, or sorry, I can't read numbers, 193 uh, criminal convictions, civil penalties, diversions, or other official findings of fraudulent use of mail ballots between 2000 and 2020 in the time period of which 250 million mail-in ballots were cast. I like diversion. Diversion, yeah. Like, this is an option. There's what, like, what did you do? Divert your attention from it. I don't know. Just get in front of someone and start dancing a little bit. Uh, but that means, according to MIT election scholar Charles Stewart and the National Voted Home Institute CEO Amber McReynolds, uh, 0.0006% uh, criminal convictions from mail-in ballot fraud and... Uh, 0.000007% anything was done at all. It's it's a terrible problem. Yeah, really bad, <laughs> really scary. Clearly going to sway a lot of elections. But you know what was really bad? Our old school election fraud friend, Cooping, which doesn't sound dangerous or weird at all. Who, what, is, what is it? Cooping. Where did it get its name? I don't know. I didn't, it never told me. Because um, I hate Coop as a name. I'm assuming, oh, like like the shortening of Cooper yeah. to Coop. Coop. Yeah, I don't love that either. My nephew's name is Cooper, and people call him Coop, and I don't like it. I don't like it. I love him, but I don't like Coop. Mm-hmm. I like Cooper. Coop. Cooping is an election strategy 
<laughs> where uh, it's too official, maybe an yeah. election strategy. It was though, where a group of guys uh, kidnaps a man <laughs> who can vote and <laughs> liquors him up real good, uh, and then dresses him up in many outfits and takes him to multiple polling places and makes him vote a bunch of times for whoever they say. It's so. It's so weird. I remember yeah. all of my <laughs> my issues with it. One being, why don't you just do it yourself? Yeah. If you already have the costume. That's a good question. Why Why, <laughs> why do you have to kidnap people? Why you got to kidnap people, though? Maybe they just know what you look like. They know the Coopers, so they got to mm. pick other people. Because you, the Cooper, are probably like the election manager. You could be. <laughs> <laughs> you're the head of the election. Or you're like in a gang, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I got most of the information from this from uh, an article called Election Fraud in the 1800s by Natalie Zarelli, which I think was also on uh, Alice Obscura. Uh, but yeah, in the 1800s, there's elections are real loosey goosey and not very regulated and. Really, the people running in their parties are not organized kind of in the way they are today, which I feel like is more not really a corporation style, but like sort of or maybe like a charity organization style. And in the past, it was more just like tiny gangs. Yeah. As you do. As you do. Gangs in New York. Gangs in New York. Voting. (laughs) Voting edition. (laughs) (laughs) They really want to win. And so uh, before the computers could, you know— do their due. Um, violent gangs, like I said, would kidnap voters and force them to vote how they wanted them to. I wonder if they ever had any uh, elections where it was like, well, we only had 13,000 people and someone won by like 14,000 votes. Yeah. And that's not even counting the votes for the opposition. So... I don't think they know how many people should be voting. <laughs> <laughs> that's like not great. No. It's a bad start. I don't know, though. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, But, yeah, they dress them up in a bunch of different disguises after they drug them with alcohol and just run them around. Also, this is in the 1800s, so alcohol isn't, like, very controlled like it is now. Alcohol is just straight aggressive poison, uh, and they're drinking a lot. So that's good. Uh, And then afterwards, they would give them coffee spiked with laxatives, so they would be otherwise engaged during the most important phase of the count. So not only do they drug you up with alcohol, then they give you laxatives so that you can't object to be like, wait, I sobered up and actually I didn't want to vote for that person eight times because you're too busy pooping. (laughs) Gang life. Voting with your poop. (laughs) It's so – like how is this the final form of your plan? Yeah. Because you know it didn't start this organized. No, no. It started with – Kidnapping a guy and making him go vote for someone. Mm -hmm. Or, like, bullying someone into doing it or buying them alcohol and being like, hey, if I buy you a drink, would you vote for whoever? But now they're just straight up kidnapping people. Yeah. You know, I bet if you just, like, used all the money you would use to try to booze roofie someone (laughs) and just, like, gave it to some poor guy, like, a fraction of the amount. Does he own land? Does he need to? I don't know. At this point, probably not. Well, I mean, that aside, if he was oh, trying to vote. if he's dressing up. If he's dressing up. Sure. Like, why does it matter? I don't know. Why are the election <laughs> campaign managers so uh, violent? Yeah. <laughs> it's probably for, for fun, partially. For, I think it might be for fun. It's also fun. I, uh, <laughs> hold on. I want to I dial us back in time. So just... 
America in general has a history of drinking in general, but specifically a history of liquoring people up who you want to vote for you. Sure. Uh, George Washington ran for Virginia House of Burgesses in 1758. He provided voters with 28 gallons of rum, 50 gallons of rum punch, 34 gallons of wine, 46 gallons of beer, and two gallons of hard cider for the two people that like hard cider. <laughs> I'm surprised cider wasn't more popular. I feel like it used to be more popular. Right, especially then. I'm like, oh. Uh, but that happened to be a half gallon of booze per voter. Nice. So that's a ton. Uh, no, and it's a half gallon. It's a half gallon. <laughs> You're like, ton is a measurement. Ton is a measurement. <laughs> you just um, get, like, actually, real nitpicky all of a sudden. I'm like, okay, I can't podcast with you anymore. Um, actually... <laughs> Uh, it's pronounced a tunage. A tunage. It's a tune. Gross. Uh, getting voters, I have a quote that says, getting voters sauced was sauced. so common. It had a name, swilling the planters with bumbo. Ew. Bumbo is a rum cocktail. Ew. <laughs> I hate bumbo. Swilling the planters with bumbo. I hate it. I just like how dumb it sounds and how impossible it is for you to uh, know what it's, it means. Like, unless I told you what it meant. If you heard someone say swilling the planters with bumbo... <laughs> You're like, speak English, please. Okay, Dumbledore. What <laughs> yeah. are you talking about? Okay. What are you saying? I know. Swilling the planters with bumbo. <laughs> it does sound like something weird that Trinali would say. Uh, what? Uh, William Henry Harrison went so far as to dub himself the hard cider candidate. And he'd bring barrels of the cider to parades with potential voters to be like, you should vote for me because I'm a cool guy with all the alcohols that taste like apples. This is what the prohibition took from us. <laughs> it's never been the same. That and Ford with his little automobile. Because mm-hmm. now you're not allowed to drink and drive. But, mm-hmm. like, you get drunk on a horse, no one really cares. That's true. Although you probably shouldn't. You probably shouldn't. That horse is going to take you for a ride, play yeah. you for a fool. <laughs> play you like a fiddle. Uh, with its its little single digit little hoof hands. <laughs> you ever so think creepy. about that? Horses walk around on four toes. Nope, I don't think about it at all. That's why you have to put them down because there like isn't enough muscle on each of the toes if something goes wrong. I only think about it because you keep bringing it up. <laughs> I can't stop thinking about it. And then I it. try to think about it as little as possible after that. Uh, anyway. Little tentacle feet. Cooping is pretty popular at the time. <laughs> It's a fun activity for friends. I wonder if anyone is like, I hope I get picked to be cooped. <laughs> I don't think so. Unless they just like really sad and really want alcohol. Sad alcoholics. That's what I'm saying. Maybe. Just find drunks. Uh, whereas nowadays, uh, you know, like police, I, I saw this article where a policeman got in trouble because he wore a Trump mask to a polling place that he was mm-hmm. guarding. And like he got punished for that, which like he should. Yeah. But also, I just think about cooping compared to that, where they're, like, kidnapping and drugging people right. and beating them with clubs. And that's fine. <laughs> Political like, correctness gone oh, terribly wrong. Oh, the time have changed. Ugh, you can't even beat people up and force them to drink <laughs> stuff. God, I miss the old days. Political correctness has ruined this country. Back in the good old days <laughs> of good cooping. Old, of cooping. And it was so ingrained in American politics um, that, like— People did this all the way into the 19th century, which well, that's like Victorian times. And I'm like, come I'm not, on, dudes. Not surprised. Uh, like, really? 
Uh, I mean, once you get into the 20th century, then I'm like, okay, sure, yeah. we got, like, electricity now. You need to settle down. It does happen into the 20th century, uh, but, like, it's really popular in Victorian era. Yeah, like, uh, Victorian era, people are nasty. Uh, There's a report in uh, an article that claims 300 voters were, according to some witnesses, transported away to different counties to keep them, or countries, sorry, I can't even read, to different countries to keep them from voting in local elections. <laughs> you wake up in Mexico like, oh... Oh, wait, it's, I'm supposed to vote today, but I'm in Mexico, and I'm from Connecticut. I, I need to vote today. Where <laughs> am I? And they're like, you're in Texas. What? what? Who are you? Who are you? No, you're like in Oregon. They took you all the way out of the country. <laughs> Hi, we're a different country. We don't vote. Speaking of Oregon, when they want to win elections there, they bus in the homeless. The homeless. Yeah. And make them vote. Mm-hmm. Which, like, They do the opposite of this. This is you get rid of people because you don't want them to vote. They bring in people from other counties that other people don't want mm-hmm. to make them vote. Who are desperate and probably could use a, a drink. Mm-hmm. And are being bribed. And I'm not saying, like, Oregon, you did a terrible thing. I mean, it wasn't when Oregon. Have, it was, like, you know. People in Oregon who, who did it. <laughs> inside of Oregon. Oregon, you let that tumor grow. <laughs> you and let them do it. Start bussing people in. Yeah. I never thought that the answer to why does Oregon have such a large homelessness problem was that they bust them in for an election of a cult. Mm, uh, but that then, was the answer. And then they left them there. Shocking. <laughs> History is huh. so confusing. History is I just assumed, weird. I don't know, they didn't have good, like, homeless uh, programs. Yeah. Like, the weather's nice. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's not, though. So, yeah, not only are they getting people in, they're doing this voter suppression by just shipping people to other places. Now voter suppression is just like, you can't register on the same day. Should have done it earlier. We made it hard. <laughs> it's all bureaucracy. And it's like, it's still a problem and it's still hard and mm-hmm. they're still being targeted. And obviously, like, they target people of color specifically. But they aren't shipping people to other countries. So, once again, now is better. Yeah. <laughs> is it all better? No. Is it perfect? No. Are you being beaten and drugged? And then forced to vote. No. <laughs> By gangs and politicians. No. No. So that's nice. They wouldn't spend the money on you if you begged. <laughs> Don't go to the past. And then in the mid-1800s, we got a huge influx of immigrants. Mm, and gross. they all could vote now, too. Oh, no. So they no. said, you know what we should do? Target people who only sort of speak English and don't really know what's going on. It's true. Americans. So they would trick them. Very racist, and it has been forever. They would trick them. Like, uh, cooping victim J. Justice Ritzman uh, was looking for a laboring gig when he was lured by cooping campaign or campaigners during the 1859 presidential election of Baltimore. Uh, and then he was, like, put in a basement, and they beat him and then made him sign papers to vote and gave him alcohol and it was a lot of bad. This episode of Hannibal took a weird turn. And they were like, is this by the Pug Ugly Gang? <laughs> the Pugly Gang. The Pugly Gang. But they wouldn't do that. God, they're so dumb. I know. Like, just, it so easily combines. Pugly. Pugly Gang. Pugly Gang. Gosh. <laughs> Are you so terrible? So they get him super drunk at the bar, and then they take him to a warehouse, and then the guys have clubs and guns and other things, and then they say, do what we say or we'll kill you. And he says, fine, because he's he doesn't like, want to die. I mean, at that point, like, we've been vibing. I would have done it if you asked Probably. them. They're like, no, we kind of want to beat you, though. And um, they leave him in the dark basement and give him voting tickets for a Democratic candidate that they want to have win. And uh, they... 
you just rob them also for just good measure, steal their stuff. I I think that might be the main point. Yeah. Because otherwise, just fake the signature. Uh, He and others voted 16 times that day, he says. Mm. Uh, Peter Fitzpatrick is another victim. Said the gang dealt me two blows with a billy on the head and two in the knees to make me drink liquor. And after they compelled me to drink, uh, they made him vote. Hmm. Because he didn't want to drink, I guess. Which, uh, once again, find some people who like to drink. There are people who love to drink. (laughs) Yeah. Who cannot afford as much as they want. And it's funny because, you know, usually when you talk about um, the prohibition, you're talking about, like, men getting, like, super drunk and being, like, really abusive to their wives Mm -hmm. and, like, how alcohol was, like, so concentrated back in the day so that it was, like, really bad. And it's, like, really bad working conditions for the Mm -hmm. men and there's no benefits or anything. So it's really the only way you have to cope. But then you take it back to your family and everything's bad. And they're in, like, a lot of pain a lot of times physically because they work, like, hard labor. And it's, like, yeah, it's really rough. Um, I wonder, though, now if this had anything to do with Prohibition also. (laughs) They're like, you know, it's pretty bad when they're forcing you to drink just to vote and beating you to death, maybe. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, maybe there are multiple reasons. That's that's true. But (laughs) once again, there are so many flaws. Like, you could just threaten to beat them without getting them drunk. I don't know why you're doing this. I think they're doing it as, like, a forgetting tactic, that they're hoping you won't remember uh, that they made you do this because you're so drunk that you black out. Uh, does that is that how booze do? I mean, it can for some people uh, if you make them drink enough. I know, like some people get like blackout drunk and they'll say they don't remember like a whole evening. But I don't know that you can like force that very easily. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of just like a random happening when you just drink a lot, right? So I don't know. <laughs> I knew a friend who got blackout drunk once. This was in grad school, mm-hmm. and they said. Uh, they woke up back in their apartment, and there were just pine cones in their pockets, <laughs> and there were pine cones in the sink, mm. and it was like, I don't know. they had been They'd been to the woods and come back with treasures, and there was just like a forest <laughs> like, in there. Oh, great. I don't know. I mean, at least you woke up at your house. Yeah. But like, what kind of journey did you go on? <laughs> I don't why, know. Why are there pine needles in the sink? Mm. You're like, I just was living in the woods. I was, I was a woodsman. Just a wood person for a long time. <laughs> Uh, and on voting day, they and almost 80 other men were forced to one polling booth after another, changing jackets and hats between stops as a disguise. They'd also do the, like, facial hair trick where it's like you come in full beard, you shave off part of it, so then you've got, like, handlebar, you shave off more, so then you just got mustache, and then you shave off so you're clean face. And that's a good enough trick for the 1800s the past to vote so 80 times. Terrible. Yeah. So when you read Shakespeare and it's like they put on a coat and now I don't know who they are, it's that's possible. That's real, I guess. Because in the 1800s, if you just change your facial hair, they don't know who you are. Oh, you're a whole new person. Oh, that's a different being. Good so, thing we don't need, like, IDs or anything. Yeah. I also read about something recently where there was this guy in Germany who was, like, a German soldier, and he pretended to be a Syrian refugee by just, like, putting mud on his face. What? Yeah. he just Or, like, I think it was, like— um, like clay uh, or something? Uh, it was like tar or something. Because he did it to his hair, too. So some sort of kind of like viscous thing to make it look like he had black hair and like darker skin. Um, but that was like this year. So I guess you can still do it. What? And it worked for like months. What? I don't know. Very what? confusing. What? I have so many questions. <laughs> I'll, I'll find the article and send it to you. 
Uh, anyway, so point many, is, it still works. So many questions, but do I want to know? But do I want to know? I don't answers. know if I want to know. <laughs> Probably not. And before you're about to vote, it's really obvious because they have, like, really just painfully clear, big type, like, f- pamphlets they're holding, essentially, that are and you're in line. Like, I'm going to vote. So they'll try to bully you in line and take your stuff and mm-hmm. just generally are mean. Sure. And in some places, uh, not only do you have to, you have to spell their name. Um, which, you know, given how many people can read in the 1800s, I don't think that was a great plan. <laughs> and how many people in line are blackout drunk. <laughs> Maybe. Um, right, which also doesn't help you coop if they can't, they have to spell it right. That's what I'm saying. So stupid. Election people are bad <laughs> in the past. Um, but, like, if you put J-O-N instead of J-O-H-N, wrong. Doesn't count. Uh, we don't know what you're talking about. Who is that? Who could that be? Also, in some places, you had to say it out loud in front of everybody, which is real <laughs> upsetting. Just imagine someone being like, <laughs> like what if you don't pronounce it right, vote out. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I think Racist. They'll, they'll guess which one it is. Um, but, like, very intimidating for you to have to stand up in front of all of your peers and say a name. And, like, very easily by the time it gets to you, after you've heard everybody say a different name than the one you were going to say, for you just to not say that name anymore Uh from peer pressure. Uh, That one. Terrible solution. That one. They were, like, I guess at this time worried about secret ballots because they thought that that was, like, you're hiding your duty or whatever and you're, like, Mm -hmm. not – like, you don't actually have confidence in your candidate because you don't want people to know – who you're voting for. Mm. And I'm like, no, it just makes it so that you can vote how you want instead right. of being intimidated by people right. or worried about backlash. Like, think about how many, especially first-time voters, yeah. I think, like, if they're going to vote different from their family, yeah, how much pressure there is. Like, I remember the first time I voted was actually for the 2008 elections, nice. presidential elections. Because uh, you were, like, just 18, right? Because mm-hmm. I think I was, like, 16, yeah. so I couldn't do it. It's like, just turned 18. Yeah. And I got a call from my family. It's like, you you did the right thing, right? Yeah. I know. And I'm like, mm-hmm. You're like, I sure did for me. <laughs> yep. For me. I did the right thing. Like, who cares? You're in Alaska. Like, it it's going to go one way anyway. It doesn't even matter. And also, it doesn't even count. <laughs> it doesn't count. No offense, Alaskans. You know. Doesn't count. You know. You already know. Anyway. So voting is bad in the past, real bad. And I already knew about cooping because of Edgar Allan Poe, because people think maybe he got cooped to death. What? Because, if you didn't know, spoiler alert for Edgar Allan Poe's death, <laughs> he <laughs> died on October 3rd, 1849, which was, October 3rd was election day, um, that, uh, that election year. And he died in Baltimore, uh, which this happened a lot in Baltimore. Like the ca- the court that we or court case we talked about earlier was mm-hmm. from Baltimore. Yeah, and he's not from Baltimore. Um, I don't think he had an actual reason to be there. Like as far as we know, he was in someone else's clothes when he was found outside of a tavern. <laughs> oh, no. uh, very drunk. Oh, not sure no. where he was or what was going on, and then he died. Oh, so. I just knew he died in a gutter somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, that's Baltimore. <laughs> that's, that sounds right for, like, a depressed poet man. And if you don't know, this is Baltimore is impressively corrupt just in general. <laughs> to this day. <laughs> to this day. 
Uh, they have a long history of corruption, so this is not surprising. It kind of gets, like, the closer you get to the capital, I feel like the more concentrated it gets. Yeah, but there's something specifically about Baltimore that, despite not having a lot of people, they have an incredible percentage of corruption uh, in general. Baltimore. You're just like, sweetie. The gem no. of the East. <laughs> America's lint-filled belly button. But yeah, he did die in a gutter outside of a tavern in someone else's clothes in a city he shouldn't have been in. So it's not, like, confirmed that that's what it was, but it has a lot of the check marks for cooping. That (sighs) sounds a lot like cooping to me. I wish I knew who he voted for. (laughs) Who he wanted to vote for versus who they made him vote for. Whose election killed Edgar Allan Poe. Also, like, if you wanted to vote for that person already, and then they're like, you have to, and you're like, I want to. But then they're like, but you have to do it 18 times, and you're like, I don't care cheating is fine. Sure. Like, you're going to give me, like, food and, and then alcohol. they hit you anyway because they just really want to. They just really want a violence. Mm. I love hitting people on election day that the Puritans are having a sermon about. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, would you like cake? <laughs> would you like this leaven cake? And they're like, no, that's gross. We're in the 1800s. We have baking soda. St. Elections comes down and hits you on your little head. <laughs> and then, yeah, they bust in the Puritans and they beat them with clubs and they say, vote for who we say. The Puritan. That's how I woke up in a gutter with Puritans beating the heck out of me. The end. The end. <laughs> America. Um, I have a quote from T.H. Spencer, who was accused of cooping for the Democratic Party at the time, and said, Before I was a resident of Baltimore, I was familiar with cooping. I was educated oh. in the Democratic school and taught to coop before I was a voter. I hate coop. I hate it. Coop. Uh he also added that uh, all the major parties cooped, including Democrats, Republicans, the Whigs. Yeah. But Remember the Whigs? Sounds like no one intelligent has ever been in any of these parties. No. And uh, they're like, <laughs> you know, it seems to work Not well. Enough. It seems to work. Yeah, good enough for me. And I'm like, okay. No. If you say so. No. Uh, and then, you know, in the 1880s when African Americans can vote— um, obviously, they do it to them. Mm-hmm. And although their preferred method was to uh, suppress their vote and then to steal their voting tickets or their names and uh. just have some white guy who was drunk put their names down. Gross. Yeah. So that's fun. Yeah. Cooping. Cooping. Also, New York City gangs, like Gangs of New York, mm-hmm. uh, bullied people uh, multiple times in a voting for mayor. Yeah. Because that matters a lot in New York specifically. <laughs> yes. Um, their gang leader, Mon Eastman, said, I make half the big politicians. And he meant cooping. He meant cooping. <laughs> and probably bribery. <laughs> but also, they would do this even for tiny elections, um, like the Sacramento Fire Department. Yeah, they just like doing it. It's just fun. I like to hit people, and I like drinking alcohol, and I like yelling. It's the so. only fun thing that the boys ever have to do when they're in the gang. Uh, they would also do a thing called blood tub. Hate that. Hate that. <laughs> Where blood tub? They'd be dragging around a bucket of blood from the butcher shop to the polls, and then they would grab Irish and German immigrant voters before they were considered white people, and they would take a sponge with blood and they'd put it on their face. It. The actual <laughs> deed is less worse than it sounds. Yeah, I thought they were going to waterboard people with blood. Right. <laughs> so, I was like, oh, no. Oh, my God. What? And it was like they, they put it on their face. <laughs> I was like, so they have to, like, wash their face? I don't understand. I mean, I feel like just having a gang member in my face doing anything is pretty scary. Yeah. Threatening violence. Right. Blood tubbing. Not Bloody like, tub. Not blood sponging. Yeah, like... 
I understand they're blood. carrying around a bucket of blood, but like, it's mostly the sponge, right? That's like the thing. They're not because I was like, right. maybe they'll throw it on them. Mm-hmm. You know, like people for like fur and stuff. They do a, a carry. No, they just smear it on your face, which I guess is like a threat. Um, yeah. I would mostly just be confused and upset that you touched me. <laughs> right. And I'd be your, like, that's annoying. With your nasty sponge. Yeah. I'd be like, why did you do this? That's gross. And also, like- I don't even think, I think if that happened to me, I wouldn't even get out of line if I was voting. I'd be like, I guess this is how I'm doing it now. I know. Just be like, oh, what? Ew. And I would then- like try to wipe it off on something <laughs> inconspicuous and then just like keep going. I think I'd be more embarrassed. You know, like that weird embarrassment you get when like you're hit by a car and yeah. you're like, I'm fine. You just <laughs> oh, like get up and shake it off. <laughs> embarrassment when you get hit by a car. You're like, it's fine. I don't know. Don't, I've never been hit by a car. Don't worry about you it. You hit by a car? No, what? No. <laughs> I've never been hit by a car. No. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> American. Sorry. When when you hit someone else and they're like, oh, don't worry. Oh, I'm fine. Um, have you hit someone with a car? No. Because <laughs> okay. I have not, so I don't know. I did have a friend who got hit by a car, though, in uh, in college. Yeah. In, at WCU. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of people hit by cars at WSU. A lot. And he was just like, ugh. Like, he was, it didn't hurt. He was just mad. Ugh. Come on, dude. Yeah. So that, that, with, he was just like, look. Somewhere between like, God, can you just watch where you're going with your blood sponge? <laughs> Come on. Come on. Uh, the American Party, also known as the Know Nothing Party. That's, yeah. <laughs> when you call yourself like ultra super democratic yeah. liberty party. Yeah. Mm, Questionable. What are you hiding? Uh, whose own heritage came from European colonizers, famously believed in passing anti-immigrant legislation using electro- uh, election cooping in the yeah. 1850s. Yeah. So they're not only using cooping to win the elections, they're also using it to pass immigration laws. Anti-immigration laws using immigrants for cooping. It's real dark. Terrible. Real dark. It's not great. And that was when immigrants were like, yeah, Irish. Yep. People uh, people have always been anti And they're pretty sure this kept happening even to, like, Al Capone, the 1920s-ish sure. times, which is, I mean, yeah. why not? Why wouldn't you? Why would you stop? Yeah, unless they make you. Right. Like, why would you stop? People were anti-immigration yeah. to, like, Jews during the war, et cetera. Mm-hmm. True. So it's not like... Some people still are. Some people still are. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Whatever. We're moving on, though. That's the end of cooping. We're going to America's heartland in Texas. Is it America's heartland? I don't think so. S- someone is. Pretty sure it's like Tennessee or something. Sure. Not. Te- I don't know. But we're going to Texas. Ohio? Uh, we just looked up where America's heartland is, and it's everything but Texas, mostly. Louisiana. <laughs> Louisiana counts. America's Heartland, heartburn and weird, <laughs> spicy anus. Basically, it's not the East Coast, and after Texas across, none of that. So it's just like right. the the middle-ish, like no s- central time. Rocky basically, Mountain. is the heartland. But was Montana on there? No. Okay. Yeah. Every- Most of Central Time. Mm-hmm. Are they are they not in Mountain Time? Hmm. I don't know. Mont- Montana. I'm not sure. Interesting. Doesn't matter. Time zones are boring. Anyway. Are they? I mean, I'm gonna I don't do, know. I have an episode do, about I'm it. I'm going to do an episode about <laughs> time zones. It's only going to be about time. You live on a round planet. <laughs> you got a time. Ooh, controversial. Anyway, Texas governorship is what we're going to talk about now. Hmm. Spicy. Talking about Edmund J. Davis. Davis. He was in politics in the 1850s. He was a Whig. 
<laughs> just snatched <laughs> wig. Snatched. I mean, the wig party definitely got snatched. Yeah. Um, then he became a Democrat, which sure. means he's a Republican in today's words. He, he's a conservative. And then the Civil War happened, mm. and he said, I don't, I don't love this, because Texas was like, we want to secede. And he was like, I think that's a terrible plan. Mm. And also, I don't love that we're fighting about this. This seems bad. And so then he became a Republican, <laughs> <laughs> which is the... What would be today a Democrat. Democrat. He's he's into federal government having good hold on things and anti-slavery. <laughs> Social cool. uh, liberty. Yeah. So when – and he fought for the union in the war. So when he comes back and it's over and it's Texas time, he's – Mad at some people. <laughs> when it's Texas time. <laughs> when it's Texas time. He's mad at some people he's because he's whoop. like, what are you guys doing? And lucky for him, the Confederates got their right to vote taken away for a little bit because we couldn't <laughs> trust him after uh, the war. Yeah, you got put in timeout. Yep, timeout for your voting. So uh, that helps him a lot in his Texas election <laughs> uh, when he's running for governor. I mean, that's... That's kind of fair. Yeah. Part of me is like, isn't it kind of like taking the vote away from, like, like pr- like prisoners like we do now sometimes? Yeah. But I'm like, oh, you did try to, like, split the nation. Heavy treason. And heavy treason. Because you lost. Because you lost. So. If we were an older country, we'd just kill all of you. We're going to put you in timeout. So just not, for a little bit. You didn't want to be part of the country, so you don't get to vote in just it for, for a couple a years. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. And you can come back to the table like mm-hmm. adults. Once you've had your time out Once and you've you... thought through your feelings. Thought through. You can come back. Uh, but anyway, so in 1869, he defeats a fellow Republican and race for governor. Nice. Woohoo! Because the Democrats couldn't run for election. The vote of 69. <laughs> 69. Nice. And... Uh, He's from a radical Republican representing border region. Whoa. <laughs> uh, he worked to block ex-Confederates from political power and expand voting rights for black Texans. Cool. So that's nice. And there's a lot of them, as we discussed in Very one, of my, true. one of my cowboy episodes. Very true. And for a long time, Davis was depicted as a typical scalawag. Scalawag. Which, no, scalawag. Scal- I don't know if it's different. Or scalawag. That's, is this not how it's pronounced? I don't know. Um, but that's a derisive term for white Southerners who became Republicans during the Reconstruction era, supposedly out of self-interest. So basically they're saying you switched parties during this time because you just wanted your life to be better instead of like you actually believe the things. Mm. But then he's doing the things that you would do in that position if you actually right. believed in the thing. Like so you're not, I that's true. You're not going around enacting bad policies. You're not going around lynching people. No, and he's not. Uh, he didn't enter that party just to get elected and then not do what that party wants. Right. So hard to prove uh, that that might be true. It's possible, I guess. But Sounds like uh, some. I think you're just whining. Some white whining. Yep. Uh, and so he starts public schooling in Texas. He sets up a police forces and further expands civil rights for newly free black people. Uh, he runs for re-election in December 1872, but by then, Confederates can vote again. <laughs> and they're pissed. <laughs> you did schooling? Uh, you put police so we can't just pew-pew wherever we want? You did 
public police? No! Government is the worst. Mm -hmm. Big government's ruining the country. And Davis, uh, his Democratic opponent, is named Richard Koch. (laughs) But like Coca-Cola spelled. No, it's not. I'm I'm just saying spelling. Like, not like the Koch brothers. Like, (laughs) C-O-K-E, Koch. Um, no, like the Koch brothers, that would have been foreign. Yeah, probably. <laughs> right. Oh, That's sh- true. German, German immigrants. <laughs> Yuck. Disgusting. Um, but because of uh, many things um, that were happening at the time, mm-hmm. voter intimidation, fraud, and other irregularities, we don't know exactly how clean this election was. People were Wasn't. probably cooping. <laughs> and so... Uh, Davis lost by a margin of two to one, mm. pretty significantly, pretty but rough. he says anyway that it was voter fraud why he lost, which I would say... Pretty good voter fraud. Yeah. They really got you on that Sweetie, one. Sweetie, if like, you lose by that much... That's like a lot, though. And, like, there's a logical reason why you lost. All these people who couldn't vote last time suddenly could vote now, and they don't like you. So and like I imagine mm. voter fraud, quote unquote. I mean it is, but yeah. it's happening on both sides. Right. So it probably sorta of balances out. Sort of balances out. So if you lose by two to one, that's a ton. That's like that's a, a lot. lot of votes. But so he says this whole election is bad, right? And then the Texas Supreme Court says, agree. Which Whoa. I'm like, what? Whoa. <laughs> That's a lot. But the Democrats are like, uh, excuse me. Excuse? And then they declare the court invalid. Whoa. This whole court's out of order. (laughs) You're out of order. (laughs) You can't handle the truth. (laughs) It's true. It's so true. You cannot handle the truth. Can you just point (laughs) at the Supreme Court of whatever and be like, no, you're full of it. I mean, it's Texas, so maybe. (laughs) It's Texas. (laughs) All rules are out the window. I don't think as a potential, like, governor-elect, you can say that your Supreme Court is doesn't work. Like, you'd have to sue your Supreme Court, like, probably in actual Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, Texas doesn't even want to be in America, so they probably don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Um, but also, I don't think the Texas Supreme Court's, like, really enforcing that view too hard because— Well, I mean, that's, that's not—is that their job? Um, the judiciary branch isn't the enforcing branch. It's true. But they're not doing a lot about it yeah. after they say that they think it was bad. Uh, because in mid-January 1873, Coke arrives to Austin to assume governorship, and Davis has locked him out of the building. Austin? Was that their capital? I guess so. Hmm. At least for, yeah, for their, whatever their governor's going. Sure. I say that like I have any idea what the capital is now. <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, it might be. Texas is so big and it has so many cities that it's hard to know. It's probably Austin. Um, I don't know. Uh, Email us, Texans. Email. Where is your government? <laughs> oh, my God. Where did it go? Because ours, I mean, ours isn't in Seattle, Olympia. Yeah. So it's, like, entirely possible. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. But so, yeah, he locks himself in the building and says, you can't come in because I win and you're wrong. And then Coke is like, ugh, this is so annoying. Uh, this again. Got to burn down the Capitol building again. 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 <laughs> Just to be governor. Again. 
Um, but so Democratic lawmakers and Governor-elect Koch reportedly use a ladder to climb to the second story of the building, break in, and do the ceremony anyway. <laughs> Why? They've taken the higher ground. Why? Because they want to—because he's supposed to be governor, so they—and this is, like, the day he's supposed to get sworn in, so they're still going to do it. Can't you just do it on the lawn? No. I guess you have to be in the building. So they broke a window and I th- they got in. I think the point where you <laughs> said the Supreme Court is bogus, we've already established that laws are wibbly-wobbly and sure. only matter if you want them to matter. I guess he wants it to matter, though. He's like, I listen. I'm going to look like a loser <laughs> if I have to do it outside. On the lawn. Guess what? Texans, we take what's ours. I'm going to go through the window upstairs. Speaking of lawns and Texas, uh-huh. have you ever seen a picture of a Texas sheep? No. They look bonkers. Mm. They look like a different animal squeezed into a sheepskin. <laughs> and the other animal Ooh. is like maybe a bulldog, oh. maybe some kind of cow. We'll have to look it up after. Yeah. It's very weird. It's wild. Anyway, so he's on the second floor, has the higher ground, can't get to the first <laughs> floor because all the doors are locked. Yeah. Um, but now they're both in the Capitol building. Now so they that's fight. not great for. <laughs> The guy in the lower floor. Who's going to be the final girl? <laughs> Who's going to be the final boss here? <laughs> um, and so they take over the second floor, and they take over the office, and for two whole days, they have two governors, because the one won't leave the building, and the other one already got sworn in. What if that was how we did elections? Like, we locked two men in a building and <laughs> just, just waited. Fight, fight, fight. Just waited for whichever one Who's lives. Who's going to win? <laughs> I know. Make it into a murder house. <laughs> Let's not do that. Um, but because this is Texas, uh, armed supporters for both men fill the streets. Oh, my God. And the violence is, like, nigh. right on the cusp. Violence is nigh. Nigh. Uh, Davis, uh, the old governor, has summoned the local militia to protect him. And instead, when they get there, they say, you're not governor anymore. Get out of the building. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, they probably <laughs> voted against you, like most people did. Right. And even if they didn't, sir, please. Please, sir. This is embarrassing for you. You are embarrassing the office. Come on. You got you you got ousted by the election. Don't hide in the basement like a loser. Like a loser. Because <laughs> you are a loser. Uh, and then Davis also begs President Ulysses S. Grant, who is a fellow Republican, to send federal troops to help him get these people out of here so he can continue to be governor. Which, like, listen... Uh, Grant is known to have sent, uh, like, troops to different parts of the South. Sure. But when it's, like, a, a disturbance of, like, white people are burning the town down because they don't like black people. Yeah. And it'll be, like, like, actual, uh, like, okay. chaos that's, like, threatening the nation. Yes. Not for your dumb election you lost because people don't like you. Which, like, appears to be a legitimate loss. Yeah. Uh, so the answer comes from U.S. Attorney General George Williams, who stated bluntly that President Grant is of the opinion that your right <laughs> to the office of the governor at this time is at least so doubtful that he does not feel warranted in furnishing United States troops to aid you in holding further possession of it, yeah. and therefore declines to comply with your request. Yeah. Apparently, Grant also said no federal troops uh, for him in general, and would it not be prudent as well as right to yield to the verdict of the people <laughs> as expressed by their ballots? Right. Basically, he's like, you're trying to steal this election, and I think it'd be best if you just listen to the people who voted. Mm-hmm. Hmm. 
Especially because it's Texas, and they all have guns. And they all want to leave. So if you <laughs> they don't want to leave. Like, leave the country. They all mm-hmm. want to secede. So, like, if you are asking the federal government to send troops to make them listen to you when they already voted you out, no. they will leave the country. Do so it. Grant's not going to do that. No. We have to placate the Texans to make them stay. We just did this. Because we don't need to be bordering entirely on, you know, all the parts that Texas touches, another country. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Gross. We we have figured out what to do with Canada and Mexico. We're cool on both sides. We don't have to worry about it too much. Uh, Texas would be different and much more difficult. Just just give it back. <laughs> just give it Texas back. Texas is one of those places. They give, hate that. Give it back to Mexico. No, we don't want to hurt Mexico like that. But it's theirs. <laughs> they can kick out the Americans. Yeah. Be like, you're on the wrong side. You all have to go to Oklahoma hey, now. You're on the wrong side of the border, friend. Um, but so eventually Davis gives up after a couple days. And he ends the Reconstruction era in Texas by doing so. Uh, there would be another Republican governor until the party realigned 100 years later. So really, there's not one again. There isn't. Yeah. And uh, on his way out, though, he locked all the doors to the governor's office and <laughs> took the keys. So his supporters of the other guy had to break in with an axe. We do love a petty bench. Yeah. <laughs> it is funny. <laughs> and they're like, fine, we'll just literally break it down with an axe. Fine. I don't care. Um, and in the 1890s, when he was, uh, or he was around in the 1870s, so in the 1890s after... Um, Davis left. More than 100,000 blacks were voting in Texas, but by 1906, they only were at 5,000 mm-hmm. because of very intense voter suppression laws. Um, and they essentially became, you know, as they are mostly now, although less so, I guess, recently, a one-party state. And uh, the black uh, Texans didn't recover their voting rights until uh, the Voting Rights Act of yeah. 1965. It's easy to be a one-party state when you just don't let people vote. Yeah, like a whole segment of the population yeah. who is homogenous in a lot of ways and potentially would be voting against you. Hmm. That's fun. Uh, but anyway, in Texas history, Davis is like pretty well known because he was so different than everything mm-hmm. else that's going on, and pretty disliked uh, if you read stuff published by most Texans. Like I looked at this to be like, should I maybe do a whole episode about him? Like maybe I should save that for something else. Sure. And I might still, um, but the book basically, I saw reviews that this guy wrote a book, and they were like, he is writing this like pe- like Texans liked him and they didn't like him, and I'm like, no, it's just that he's not villainizing him, I don't think, in this book, which you expected him to, Mm -hmm. because probably most of them do, because they're like, he's not what we like, instead of, like, he was probably doing decent things, but in a way that the, you know, political parties of the state did not agree with, and they didn't like it. And he's probably just taught as a villain now in, like, schools, so everyone's like, but we don't like him. But wait, I thought he was a bad guy. Right. You know what? If Benedict Arnold wasn't a bad guy, <laughs> who can you trust? Who can you trust? Hmm? Mm-hmm. And people are going to disagree with me because I'm sure some people still think he's a bad guy. Who? Do you, no, public school? Don't trust public school. Never. Not especially not in Texas. No offense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know. Right. Not really anywhere. No. Not really anywhere. Not really anywhere. Davis probably won his election because it was rigged. 
Uh, so him claiming voter fraud is, like, sort of embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, he was elevated to the governorship because he beat Republican A.J. Hamilton by only 809 votes. And, um... It is likely that there was irregularities with those votes, and an army general who, like Davis, was the one who supervised the ballot tallying. Hmm. And a whole bunch of votes were thrown out because of this. It's weird to think of people in the 1800s being named AJ. AJ. I mean, I'm sure uh, that's not technically, like, he, that's just what he's going by. I don't know that it's his <laughs> name. It's probably like Alexander James or something. something but it does terrible. say AJ. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, multiple counties of votes were thrown out, I think, wow. because of that. So, like, uh, it looks like probably that was uh, rigged in general. Politics as usual. Yeah. but And I'm like, you know, like I said, it seems pretty all right, but uh, no. Uh, didn't happen. People just be snatching elections left and right. And speaking of that, mm. one more story. Snatch. We're going to do... This governor business, uh, something we like to call in history the three governors crisis. I've never liked Which, calling it that. <laughs> never, since you've known about yeah. it for two days or I've whatever. Never, I've, I've never <laughs> called it that. Not one time. I love this because it is essentially three popes except in America. Which is very fun for me. Yeah. I When I first heard about this, uh, I heard it from uh, Legal Eagle's uh, YouTube channel because he was talking about just, like, things that have happened in the past that were, like, weird with elections and, like, how could this could this be a thing in the future? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, yeah, we've had a weird election problems before. Like, because this one I think was specifically, like, what if a candidate, spoiler alert, what if a candidate dies before they get sworn in? Mm-hmm. Uh, because we were worried about the two old men running for president that right. maybe one of them would die. Uh, the one who got elected, whichever one that was going to be. And so uh, <laughs> we were like, what would you do? And so this is the example of it happening previously. Mm-hmm. What would you do? Well, what what did they do? Uh, pretty stupid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what did they do? They did stupid. So in 1946 in Georgia, they had election for governor, and they elected Eugene Talmadge for the Democratic Party. All right, Eugene, get in there. His election was assured because the Republican Party did not have a viable candidate to nominate. Well. Because at the time, Georgia had this law that was like, you can only serve governor for one term in a row. So you have to, we switch it out every time. Mm -hmm. So then it's hard for you to have a good candidate for your party because you have no, you can't have an incumbent, basically. Unless you have an incumbent that couldn't run last time. (laughs) They should just have a a dual candidates. They should just have them dual. Shoot at each other. No, it'd be like Come on. like having a <laughs> governor and like VP governor. Yeah, right. Vice s- governor. Swip swap, swip swap. Right. But until recently, in that time, they didn't have a lieutenant governor at all. Mm. Actually, with Eugene Talmadge, that's the first time they'd had one since a long time ago. Talmadge. So Talmadge was first elected to Georgia's Agriculture Commission in 1926, and then he went for governor in 1932. And then there was an amendment in 41 that said you can only serve two terms consecutively so that he was elected twice consecutively. And then they were like, just kidding, one term. <laughs> That's so rude. That's so rude. Apparently they don't love him, at least whoever's making the laws. Can you imagine being in office when they're like, you can't. When they lower it to two mm. and then still in office when they lower it to one. <laughs> like, you know what? Two's too much. Two is too many. You got to get out of here. Let's do one. 
so he's governor in the in 1940, whatever. And then it switches to this other guy because you have to. And then named Arnold, who defeated him in 1942. And then this was the new one. So mm-hmm. Talmadge is back, baby. He's not going away. He's like a cockroach. Can't kill him. Cockroach. Cockroach. Do you usually say cockroach with three syllables? No. It's very East Coast. It was just for fun. Cockroach. I, we're talking about Georgia. That's not the East Coast, is it? They're on the East Coast, technically. I mean, but it's not like <laughs> the East. No, no. It's not. The. Um, they're also using the county unit system, which is terrible. Mm-hmm. It's basically like the Electoral College, but for counties. You so know, all the counties get a certain amount of votes no matter how many people are in them. It's rotten all the way down. Yep. Just disgusting apples all the way down. and uh, Or peaches, I guess. Peaches. Because we're in Georgia. Um, so technically, Talmadge didn't even win this election um, because James V. Carmichael got more votes. But Talmadge did win because of the county unit system. Oh. So his votes mattered more. Even though they shouldn't have, because he had more counties. Then why have them vote? Just let the election... Just make them duel. Just make them Shoot them at each other. (laughs) And then the one who dies can't complain about it. He can't do it. (laughs) He can't complain. So there's no whining. (laughs) But so, yeah, basically he won more counties because he won more rural votes, which the way the county unit system works means it matters more than the more people in the smaller, like in the... Yeah. Bigger counties, uh, which is annoying. But it means that he is in charge, Eugene, soon, because he still has to be sworn in. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, they, like I said, recently c- created lieutenant governorship you could have uh, just the year before this. So they hadn't had one since the colonial era. But they were like, well, let's bring it back. Maybe we'll have a lieutenant governor. They're getting really (laughs) loosey-goosey with their new amendments. They're having fun with laws in in the 40s. Like, you know They're just partying it up. Let's just have fun with it. Like, what if we just change the law every year? (laughs) What could go wrong? (laughs) so stressful. You know what the people need? Not stability. 20 different laws every minute. (laughs) Um, but this is a good thing to do. And maybe it was done specifically for Talmadge because he's pretty old. So they're like... That's not great because he's been in the government for like 26 years now. Oh. Uh, so he's old and he's pretty sick. But they don't know that really. Yeah. Uh, he has cirrhosis of the liver, which is basically your liver is scarred permanently and eventually you die from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Probably. yet he is still going on tour during this time when he has cirrhosis campaigning and pretending like everything is Ooh, fine. They're like, why is he bright yellow? Yeah. He's <laughs> just a sunny and disposition. And they still voted for him. <laughs> I mean, not most people, I guess. <laughs> Dang it, dude. Dang it. Once again, when people are like, oh, man, elections are such a problem these days. I'm like, these days? These Whew. days. Go back to the 40s, and it's like, oh. <laughs> to the 1640s. Doesn't matter. <laughs> They'll beat you up. No, that's in the 1840s. <laughs> 1640s are going to give you a nasty cake. It's bad all the way back. <laughs> it's all bad. Uh, but so in July 1946, uh, Melvin Ernest Thompson, a native of Millen, I don't know where that is. Georgians will know. Georgia. Uh, was elected to be the first lieutenant governor and also was done by county unit voting. So that's good. Then, like, why even have the normal people vote? I don't know. Uh, But so on December 20th, 1946, Talmadge, who, like I said, won the 
party uh, primary in July, and not the popular vote, but the county unit vote, uh, slipped into a coma. Yeah. Which is bad, because they get sworn in in January, and it's only December. <laughs> what if those Coopers, they're like, what if we just... I mean, he's. we know what he was sick from. He didn't get hurt. What if we just beat the guy running? No, no. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's 7 o'clock on Saturday morning in Gene Talmadge's hospital room. Uh, everybody's like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. He's about to die. And he died three weeks short of the date he was to have been inaugurated. So... So, goes to the lieutenant governor? Uh, as with all vacuums of power, we have a dispute and a problem. Yeah. Uh, because. People be greedy. Uh, you know, it's like if uh, Joe Biden was to die right now, knock on wood somewhere, <laughs> um, that uh, Kamala Harris and him haven't been sworn in. She's technically not vice president. So, but like, she, does she get it? She's technically not vice president now. That's what I'm saying. Right. So, like, would she get to be president then? Because he's not technically president right now. I mean, so I'd, what? What I'd you do? Say yeah. That's like what the <laughs> tickets. For. There is no law, I don't think, that says what to do, which is the problem. At least not in Georgia. So that's an issue. We mm-hmm. should write a law that says uh, that would be nice. I, I this, I feel like this has to have been a problem at different time, not just this one Georgia governor time. Sure. Old men die all the time. And why is there such a long gap between the election and inauguration? It's like they want yeah, this to happen. They're just waiting, crossing their fingers, just waiting. But so the thing is. Uh, there are three people right now who are saying, I should be governor. One of them is the lieutenant governor-elect who says, well, he died, so I'm governor now, right? And they say, no, no, because he, you weren't sworn in yet. Also, your thing is, like, brand new again. You're the first one we did this with, and now we don't even know if we like it. So, eh, I don't know about that. And the current governor says, well, technically the law says I'm governor until there's a new governor. So uh, I think I'm still governor, my dudes. And they were like, it does say that. That is true. (laughs) Even though we don't like it, that's what law say. Mm -hmm. But uh, our third member wants to compete for this. Of course. And that's Eugene Talmadge's son, who says, I should be in charge. I don't know why. I guess I would like to have inherited this I'm <laughs> position. I'm so tired. Um, excuse? We don't do that. I'm so tired. Uh, what's happening? So, Georgia... I, I just want it. Stressed. <laughs> I just want it. Because they're like, what do we do? Um, Give it to me. I'm uh, a random Joe off the street, and I want to be governor. So, the first thing they think is, well, we are going to want a new one, right? We don't want Arnold to just stay there. Yeah. So... Uh, why don't we just pick the guy with the next most votes in the election that we already did? Weird. Which is Carmichael. Sure. Who technically already had more votes anyway. Um, <laughs> right. But he doesn't like this plan. Um, he doesn't like the county unit system. He has changed his mind about wanting to be governor and says, I don't think you should do it like this, so I don't want it. Okay. And so they say, okay, throw out all of his votes, next person. Okay. Which his votes totaled like 300,000 votes. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, all the candidates left, because there was only the two on the ballot, are now write-ins. Oh, God. So it's like <laughs> Aunt, Aunt May's chicken. Yes. 
And so we go to the next person with the most write-ins, which is a guy named Talmadge Bowers, which is annoying because the other guy's last name is Talmadge, so that it just makes it confusing. Mm. But Talmadge Bowers has 637 votes. Not enough. To be governor when the total number of votes for this was closer to like 500,000. At this point, you need to do a re-election or give it to the lieutenant governor. I this agree. Is nonsense. Right. This is how you get animals in office. It is. What if Talmadge was an animal? Mm-hmm. What if he was like a toaster? Talmadge Bowers is a toaster. But then they said, wait, we found some votes last minute over here. Oh. Because the second most write-in votes was for Gene Talmadge. It's his son. Is his son. Herman Talmadge, mm. who's the one who said, I also think I should be president. I wonder if they actually found ballots or... No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No way. Then I'm like, oh, so his oh. son's like, just give me enough time to make up some ballots and put him in a warehouse somewhere. So now the dead governor's son is going to be governor, like with 600 something votes. Well, you just got to deal with it. Hate that. Put on your big Georgia britches. <laughs> deal with it. And deal with it. Uh, and he's going to win by like less than 700 total votes, which is upsetting. And I read something that was like, this actually might have been a scheme. Where the people who were behind his father, Gene Talmadge, were like, he's probably going to die. <laughs> so in case he dies before he gets sworn in, let's do a write-in campaign for his son mm. to ensure that he can get, like, we can get somebody in there that we like. Sure. Which is possible. I don't know if that's true because I didn't read, like, the whole book that was just, like, something in an article I read that was like, this might have been what was happening. Because it is weird that so many people wrote him in Mm -hmm. when he wasn't running. Right. And his dad was going to win. That is strange. (laughs) And his dad was going to be assassinated by his campaign team. By his psoriasis. (laughs) By his... They're like, you know... Psoriasis, sorry. He's on his way out. (laughs) Because his psoriasis where he's really itchy. His psoriasis. Just itches himself to death. You know what? Medical words are hard. You know, when your liver just itches real, <laughs> really bad, real bad, you and you just claw it out, it's really <laughs> ugly. Gross. Um, but people obviously are not happy that this election is being decided by 700 votes. And so they march on the Capitol, 2,000 students, so more than the votes that were to elect the man mm-hmm. who is supposed to be in charge now. They are like, absolutely not. This is mad. It makes me real mad. Mm-hmm. And Arnold says, hey, remember, I'm still supposed to be governor until this ends, and I don't accept this guy because this is terrible. Why aren't we doing a re-election? Just let me be governor for, like, another month or two and Mm -hmm. redo it. And so uh, they go to the Georgia Supreme Court (laughs) to figure it out. Mm. And Arnold uh, apparently talks to them, and they say, we're probably not going to let him be governor, so it's cool. And he says, okay. So he steps down as governor, uh, presuming that then they're not going to let Herman be governor. Okay. Um. Because that's what they told him. and But they lied? Well, they told him they were leaning towards putting in um, Thompson, who's the lieutenant governor, mm-hmm. which is what they do. They didn't lie. So Arnold resigns. They put in Thompson as lieutenant governor in January 18, 1947. And then, well, they have two governors for a minute because he hasn't resigned yet. But then he resigns mm-hmm. once they switch over. So... Then they do a re-election, or not a re-election, but they do another election 
to be like, who are we going to put in? Because technically they didn't vote for him. Like, they voted for him to be lieutenant governor, but they didn't vote for him to be governor. Sure. So they're like, we'll still do an election, but for now you can be in charge. Yeah. I mean, I guess it depends on how their state does. Uh, Like, if the governor dies, who does it go to? Yeah. Like, if it normally or if they plan for it to go to the lieutenant governor, then, Mm -hmm. yeah, he should probably be next in line if the incumbent, or, like, not the incumbent, but the incoming. Yeah. Is the it? elect. The elect. Mm-hmm. And so Supreme Court issues a 5-2 decision recognizing Thompson as the acting governor, but only until they hold a special election the next year. Sure. So they're like, you can do this for now, but we are going to do a new one. I don't know why you have to wait an entire year to do that, but they do. Also, kind of <laughs> ironic to me that people are like, uh, winning by this many isn't okay, but we are still going to have random people decide the election instead of the voters. I mean, I think they're technically counting that as voters deciding because this is a lieutenant governor guy, and they did vote for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they did also still do it by the bad system of the county voting, which is in and of itself a problem. Uh, but anyway, point is, Teak becomes governor, but then in the special election, the son wins to be governor anyway. Oh, yeah. So who cares? And then after that, Thompson runs for governor two more times, the lieutenant governor guy, but he doesn't win. Um, And then he also runs for Senate against uh, Herman Talmadge, the son, but he loses to him at that, too. Talmadge uh, becomes senator for Georgia from 1957 until 1980. So clearly he won Mm. (laughs) the competition here. Um, but in 1962, the United States Supreme Court said the county system, unit system is bad and we hate it. So, no, states can't do it anymore. But why is it bad? Oh, no. What do you mean it's bad? Uh, because it violated the one man, one vote principle, they said. Mm, but it's fine and when it's the nation. That one's in the Constitution of America. But if it's <laughs> not constitutional at this level... This is a Uh, county thing? We're talking about counties. You're talking about a state thing. That's different. If it's in the Constitution, it should apply to everyone then. The United States Supreme Court has control over, you know, how states do the election. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's hard for them to dispute the Constitution. Harder. That's what I'm saying. If (laughs) if the system is good enough for the United States, it should be good enough for the little man. No, no. County unit's bad. Don't don't make it worse again, Haley, just for principle. (laughs) Because I hate the Electoral <laughs> College so much. No. Everyone must that suffer. That I'm going to ruin everything. Equally. No, no, no. Until we all agree <laughs> that we need to do an amendment to fix the big one. Yeah. I mean, maybe we don't have to because the vote state compact thingy. I don't know what that is. Uh, the National Popular Interstate Voting Compact. That might not be what it's called. Um, it's a whole bunch of states are signing a thing that says if we get enough Electoral College votes to— who, states to sign this paper to win the election, then we'll just do by popular vote no matter what. So, like, it doesn't matter what our state votes for. It just matters what the popular vote is, and our state will give those votes to the popular vote no matter what. Isn't that how it's supposed to work? No, usually it's like, so, we're so like, if Washington voted for a Democrat to win, Mm -hmm. but the whole country voted for a Republican to win, our electoral college votes would go to the Republican. They don't care what the state is saying. They're saying we'll just do the national popular vote so that it's always right for, like, the group of us. It's just to make popular vote be the thing. (laughs) And it's just, like, a workaround that maybe will work, but maybe will not. Okay. So... 
great, but we have a whole bunch of states signed up for it, including Washington mm-hmm. says they want to do it. And I think it's a good idea. Okay. I'd love for it to be a popular vote. And if we can't do it by amendment, we'll do it by sneaky state compacts that might be against the Constitution also. But we'll let the Supreme Court decide. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's done with election time. Go bake a cake. Go go bake a cake. Go bake it. I hope your little pizza slider snaps in half. <laughs> so you're like insulting. It yeah. sounds like a weird Shakespearean insult. Like get thee to a nunnery. Bake a cake. Bake a cake. Why don't you? Jump in a lake. <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening today. We hope you enjoy this episode that took so much effort to make happen. So you better appreciate it or I'm going to be mad. And we love you. <laughs> You know, if you held that cake and jumped in the lake, you'd drown. True. Go right to the bottom. Lake on a cake. Cake in the lake. Cake in the lake, and you die. Elf on the shelf. Mm. Uh, you can email us at hystericalhistorypodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a review on iTunes. We would much appreciate. Happy New Year, my dudes. Keep on keeping on. My ladies. <laughs> my ladies. My NBs. Have a good time. My dragons. <laughs> my dragons! <laughs> Anyway, bye. <laughs> <laughs>